Well, hello, everybody. Hey. to the Big Dudes in the Trenches podcast. Uh, StreamYard's being weird with our music, so we're just going to go ahead and say it's done. Start the show. Welcome. Uh, if you're watching on Twitch for the first time ever, this is our first official stream on Twitch exclusively, as we are now officially Twitch affiliates. But thank you to everybody that has supported us along the way here. If you're coming here from Facebook, uh, or you had only seen us on Facebook, you know, uh, thank you for supporting us there. However, uh, we're going to be solely here on Twitch uh, for the foreseeable future. So once again, thank you for coming and joining us here. Yeah, for real. Thank you to everyone who helped us get here. This was a huge step for us. Um, man, I'm looking at this, and this is my first time as a Twitch affiliate. I know you are on your own, uh, but I just remembered we can do predictions now. So we can throw those in the chat for the games that are going on, things like that. Uh, I'm kind of really excited for this now uh, as as we're pressing forward with this. Yeah, and uh, you're definitely going to see me looking at random weird places around the screen a lot more as we're doing this because there's going to be a lot more uh, involved stuff having to have a uh, stream manager open so, as well for different things so i was gonna say if it makes you feel better i do have the mod view up as well on my laptop um so i can help with some of that stuff uh, i will shout out kentucky colonel for being our first official subscriber uh appreciate you buddy uh bro we're, we're on the road we did it we made it we made it by god we made it started from the bottom now we here. <laughs> And we're still we're still pretty close to the bottom, but that's okay. That's okay. Hey, we're we're, a, we're higher. We're not on the bottom rung now. We're on the next rung. We're on the second to bottom rung. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, for real though, we do have a, a pretty packed show here. So, what do you say? What do you say we kick it off like we always do with some uh, some NFL news? All right, this one I'm going to make quick and easy. The reason I am saying that. Uh, is because you've already got your answer in here for me, unless that's Doug's answer. Uh, Doug is still sick, man. I hope you feel better. Uh, we're excited to get you back here, hopefully early next week. Uh, however, for the news, first piece of news, former Titans tight end Delaney Walker officially announces his retirement. Uh, he has not played since 2019. Doug says he's not a Hall of Famer. No, that was me. Okay, uh, either way, I'll... he's... He's not a Hall of Famer, and I agree with both of you, or one of you, or whoever said it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say Doug doesn't agree with that. Uh, I will say Delaney Walker definitely showed flashes of being a top tier tight end uh, in the NFL. Unfortunately, injuries kind of cut him short there, so that that hurts. That sucks. And uh, you know, nobody really, nobody wanted to see that happen, but that's where we're at now. So. Uh, congrats on retirement, and I, uh, you know, you haven't played since 2019, so obviously there's been some injury concerns there, um, and I, I just I hope that I hope that those injuries aren't lingering uh, to the point where he doesn't have a fulfilling life past the NFL. And Kentucky Colonels here saying no, but he is a Ring of Honor type guy, and I hope the Titans recognize him. I completely agree. I completely agree, and I, that's kind of what I was getting at too. Is if he doesn't have the injury problems that he had maybe we are having a different conversation in two or three years when he retires then. Right. So. Yep. hundred percent, hundred percent. All right. Moving on to the next story here. Uh, speaking of old guys, 
Deshaun Jackson's not retired. Uh, in fact, he is back active in the NFL. The Ravens have signed him. Uh, I am not sure if he's expected to play this week, but I would assume he is. Lamar Jackson gets a weapon. Uh, what are your thoughts here? Um, I'm angry that the Bears didn't get him. Uh, That's I fair. Don't... That's a I'm valid curious. answer. All right. I'm curious why he hadn't been on a roster yet. Uh, but I do think he's going to come in and have an immediate impact for the Ravens. Uh, this is a team that's been looking for a number one wide receiver type guy. I don't know that he's going to be able to do that because, yeah, he is kind of old. He's getting up there. But they're they're pretty hampered at wide receiver right now. So it, it's going to be interesting to see if he's able to come in and make an impact. They need something. This team is – they're middling right now, and they shouldn't be. Yeah, no, 100%. They should be, honestly, top of the, the AFC North, uh, but they're they're struggling for that right now. Um, speaking of wide receivers, though, Elijah Moore is no longer happy. Uh, this does not surprise me. Uh, Second-year wideout has requested a trade uh, from the Jets. He's not happy with his usage and role in the Jets' offense. The Jets said, yeah, that's cool, man. I don't really care. They have no plans to trade him. And that doesn't surprise me either. I mean, why would you want to get rid of him other than to keep him happy? Um, man, it's just, it sucks that this is kind of how it's going because the Jets are doing good. You know, winning cures everything, or that's the saying at least. Apparently, it's not the case for Elijah Moore. I don't know how this ends for him, though. That's that's the most unfortunate thing, if you ask me, is that we're kind of just waiting to see what happens right now. So, so my question for you is, I agree with everything you just said, but in your estimation, is he being underutilized on the Jets' offense? I think part of the issue is that the Jets are still trying to fully adjust having Zach Wilson as quarterback, right? He wasn't, uh, he wasn't healthy to start the season. He missed a few games. It's kind of been an offense in flux, so they're trying to make things simple. Now, why Elijah Moore hasn't been the guy that they want to make things simple with as far as passing the ball, I don't know. But it's I, – I understand the frustration for sure. He, but I don't know that this is the way to go about it. You're fi- the Jets are finally doing something good, and people want to leave. When they were bad, people want – you know, nobody was saying they wanted out. So it's just at least not publicly like this. Yeah, so my thought on this is, is very simple. Last year he was the number two behind uh, – not, uh, oh, God, I'm blanking on his name. Robbie Anderson. No, it wasn't Robbie. It was uh, the – oh, God damn it. It's not Tugging Corey names, Godwin. everybody. Yeah, it's not Corey Godwin. Hold on. Corey Davis, that's it. He was behind Corey Davis. Uh, this year now, after after Garrett Wilson, I think he's number number three on the depth chart, and I think that's where his issue lies. Um. I don't, I don't know if they're properly using him. Uh, I really don't. Uh, I don't know if, if they can either at this point. Uh, but Kentucky Colonel's letting us know that uh, it looks like the Chargers might be after him. But again, the Jets have no plans to, to deal Elijah Moore at this time. Yeah, and I mean, I can't, I can't say that I'll blame him. Uh, it's, man, it's, it's a difficult time. When you demand a trade like that publicly and you haven't really done anything, and you're on a winning team, you don't have a ton of leverage. Uh, God, so it's, sounds... it's just a rough, rough go all around. It What you're saying is not wrong, but it sounds so weird to call the Jets a winning team. Um, 
does, doesn't it? So it is Thursday night football, and what's better on Thursday night football than a bunch of injuries? Uh, honestly, it seems like almost everybody not named the Honey Badger on the on the Saints is injured and battling through something. Uh, welcome to Week Seven on Thursday night football. Uh, it's gonna be a fun one. Well, I mean, at least the Cardinals are wearing all black, including their black helmets. And then you got the uh, Saints wearing all white minus the helmets. They're wearing their regular helmets. So, you know, somebody finally somebody finally figured that out. Uh, you know, I do want to take a step back here real quick before we get done talking about wide receivers. Uh, because Kentucky Colonel's saying, hey, I've seen Chargers, Bears, Patriots all interested in Elijah Moore. Sounds like an agent leak. And I agree. But I've also seen a lot of talk about Odell Beckham Jr. potentially joining Kansas City. A lot of those rumors, they sound like they might just be complete rumors. They also sound like there might be some validity. It's very confusing time uh, in the wide receiver market right here. Uh, for me, especially as far as the Bears are concerned, if the Bears had won one of their past three games, then maybe. Because when you start talking about the Bears, I'm also seeing that Robert Quinn is being shopped. Uh, we'll talk about David Montgomery a little bit later. Spoiler alert. And uh, it's, I just, I don't know if the Bears are buyers for anybody right now. No, I, I think they're more sellers at this point, And that, that fits what they're trying to do. Um, honestly, OBJ here doesn't make a ton of sense to me at this time. Uh, later in the year, he absolutely does. I need to see where he's at. Physically, I need to know that he's back from his ACL again. I still have my doubts about that. I know that's not why he's signed. I know that's why he wasn't signed in the offseason. So I'm curious if they're going to do a workout or if they're just going to give a good faith contract to him here. Uh, but again, Kentucky Colonel's got his his ear on the wire coming in clutch with some big news here. Um, sounds like Travis Kelsey and the Chiefs reworked Kelsey's contract to free up more cap for this year. Again, Ben, I know you're going to say the cap is fake. Um, it is. So, and then he. I feel like this rework was about two weeks ago, and this just all happens to kind of coincide perfectly with everything with OBJ coming up. And and what I'd really seen more as a rumor is some people are like, "Oh yeah, he was in Kansas City all week," and people are like, "No, he wasn't. That's not true." Blah blah blah. So, <laughs> I don't know. It could make sense when you look at the wide receiving core in Kansas City right now. Who sticks out? If your name isn't Travis Kelsey, who sticks out? Uh, no one. No, that's yeah. No, so it, on, on that Don't aspect, get me wrong. it makes me, sense. And that's what I'm saying. Like to me, it makes a ton of sense. The the Chiefs are still very much in competition for the AFC West, despite the struggles that not only them but that entire division's had. You get a guy like OBJ in there, really start turning things around. Yeah, Miko Hardman, Juju Smith-Schuster. Okay. Neither one of them is a number one wide receiver. They just happen to have Travis Kelsey, who's a number one tight end, anywhere. Who in plays the like a number one wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, that's why I said number one tight end. Who says that, right? <laughs> um, all right, I am going to push this on here before we get too hard into to the wide receiver talk. Uh, if you wanted more football, if you wanted it in the NFL, and if you wanted it on Amazon Prime, you get it next year. Uh, the NFL and Amazon have worked out a deal again uh, and have announced the first Black Friday game will be played next season. There are some concerns here from uh, the FTC, Federal Trade Commission, as it's getting real close 
real close to their to an antitrust uh, lawsuit here, uh, especially if they start the game or even continue the game after 6 p.m. It says local. I'm guessing that's in whatever current market they are in. Uh, man, do we need a Black Friday game? So I have watched several uh, Black Friday college football games inside of Best Buy or, you know, pick your store. I sat there and watched several of them, honestly. And I can't – like those have been during the day. Obviously, this one would be at night. So I can't say it's a good thing or a bad thing. I know after a day out of shopping, maybe you're going to be tired and not so interested and, you know, sitting through a football game at night. I I don't know if this adds or subtracts anything, man. Like this is this is kind of a a weird weird spot for Amazon to want to put themselves in. I don't know that this is anywhere that they thought they would be or anywhere that they wanted to be. I I don't know. It's it's very confusing. Um it's it's another another short week game. Honestly, if they took out the Thursday night primetime game, and had just had a Black Friday primetime game. I'm more okay with that than having three NFL games on thir- on Thanksgiving Day. So they won't do it, but I would if that's what they did. I'd be happy with it. Yeah, and I I do want to highlight. There's no way this is at night because the game cannot be after 6 p.m. of the local market that it is in. Uh, that would go beyond what their antitrust exemption is, which would leave them liable to the FTC for a boatload of money uh, in terms of a monopoly lawsuit. It's going to be a disaster. This is absolutely going to be a disaster. (laughs) You know what else is a disaster? The Washington commander's front office, namely a man named Dan Schneider, uh, who I know a couple weeks ago, we reported on this too. Uh, We had said that uh, he had hired PI supposedly uh, and basically said he had dirt on all the NFL owners and he wasn't going anywhere. Um, he vehemently denies this, uh, short of actually saying he's filing a slander lawsuit against ESPN. He said pretty much everything else to that effect, man. I don't know what to make of this, especially when you realize that the commanders have sent a raffle winner, a 50, 50 check, uh, or a check of a 50 to a 50, 50 raffle winner that bounced. Uh, and then beyond that. You now have Colts owner Jim Ursay saying there is support to get rid of Dan Schneider. Look, man, at this point, I, I think we're two years too late on this. You had your chance a couple of years back. He's been kind of trying to keep a low profile. Um, not well, but he's been trying. I, I do think he needs gone. I just don't know if this is the right timing on it. Yeah, I... I, I don't know where I really stand on all of this, right? Because this is this isn't right that ESPN has gone and tried to make something out of this when there was nothing there. Assuming, I was going to say, assuming there was nothing there, we can right right now it's all speculation on both ends. Yeah. So so that's that is a complete mess, and no matter what the truth is, it's a disaster one way or another. Yep. The 50-50 check bouncing, this was actually through, like, Washington Commanders Charities or something. Like, it was not directly funds from the organization itself. 
Um, I, I don't know or remember exactly how this worked out as far as where the funds were coming from, but this is just this is as bad as raw sewage falling on people in the stands, in my yep. opinion. Yep. Uh, and I will say, of all of this, Jim Irsay coming out and saying their support to boot him. They probably already have the 24 votes to do it. That is something that carries a lot of weight to me. Jim Irsay is not the type of guy to want to hop in and mix it up and get in the middle of all of this unless there was a reason to do so. So I I think, if anything, you've got you to gotta give credence to Jim Irsay here. Of all the things that have come out involved with this, that is the one that I want to key on uh, the most, right? Yep. No, I, I agree 100%. Um, man, you want to get into our Monday night review? We can. And then we get into our previews? We can. Let's do it. All right, Ben, so you we and I another, did it. Uh, yeah, barely. It, it was a dud of a game shocking we we've had one good primetime game in the past two weeks three weeks and it was cowboys eagles like a game yep. that a game that people were going to tune into because it's cowboys eagles but if you said hey week six of the nfl cowboys eagles is going to be the primetime game of the week it's going to be better than broncos chargers people would have laughed at you you said it was going to be better than commanders bears probably people are like yeah you're right because I, oh, yeah, yeah. I think everybody kind of said Thursday night football is going to be a bit of a stinker a lot of times this year. Uh, but there's there's no way we could have foreseen what's happening in the NFL right now. It's it's insane. No, absolutely. Um, I'm going to apologize now as we get into our games of the week. Um, I might have picked a dud because the offense on that team is trash, but we'll cover that later. Uh, but no, I'm glad that uh, you and I pulled it out. Uh, looking at our pick'em records now, officially updated after Monday Night Football, uh, I am in a solid first place at 18, uh, 18 and nine. Ben, you're pulling up second place with thirteen and fourteen. Doug's pulling up the rear at eleven and sixteen after he went out and tried to make up ground last week. Uh, it came back and bit him from behind. It happens, but it's a new week, which means it's new picks. Let's get on into it. Yeah, so obviously we're, we've been talking about the uh, the Saints-Cardinals games a little bit here. Uh, just to give a little update that uh, Sports Scorebot doesn't really capture. The uh, the Saints were – or sorry, the Cardinals were in position – no, it was the Saints. Jesus. The Saints were in position to get a touchdown, extend their lead here. And what do you know? Andy Dalton throws a pick in the red zone in the end zone. So – the uh, the Cardinals have driven way back down the field. I think they're back in the Saints red zone here, uh, and we're at commercial. They are off a long, at, off a long run. Yeah, I believe we're at the end of the first quarter here, and that's why we're getting this long commercial break. But Absolutely. that's not all the primetime football we got. Uh, Tug, I'm actually going to let you just take it away on this first one, man. All right, man, this is a big game for many reasons. Uh, the Steelers are coming down to Miami for their first Sunday night football game in a few years, uh, actually. Uh, it's big for a couple reasons. Number one, two is back. Uh, everyone's looking to see what happens there. Tyreek's been going off. Jalen Waddell hasn't been getting love. Um, we'll see. Uh, this offense should get back on track this game against 
a beat up Steelers secondary. That being said, Miami secondary is also beat up. Uh, and I believe Mitchell Trubisky is going to be the starter for the Steelers as Kenny Pickett is still out as far as I know with a concussion. Look, this game can go either way. It really can because you never know what Mike Tomlin's going to bring to the bring to the table. I just know Miami's coming out with something to prove. I'm taking Miami in this one. I, I, I'm rolling with the Finns. Yeah, and as you can see, I'm going with them too. Uh, the biggest reason is that I don't have a lot of faith in the Steelers. The team really still trying to find their identity. They've got a lot of holes all over that team. I, I just think the Dolphins are more complete. No, I that's exactly where I'm at. But since I highlighted my team's game, let me let you highlight your team's game. Well, it's tough, man. It, it's tough. I, I get it, man. It is. And the Bears have not been good on primetime in quite some time. Uh, the last win they had was that Thursday night game against the Buccaneers where Tom Brady forgot what down it was. So, I mean, I get it. You know, it's not that far in the past, but even then, like, they did not look good that whole game and really Brady gifted that to them by not, you know, remembering what down he was on. Um, and then the Bears went on to blow the rest of the season away, and we all know how that kind of went. So, this week against the Patriots, Monday Night Football, it, it's been being reported that Mac Jones is expected to be back and be the starter. It's not going to be Bailey Zappi. The zapping is on hold for right now. Um, But with that, man, I just – I'm still going to ride with the Bears because they've been th – this team could easily be 5-1. and one. I'm actually happier that they're, you know, they're 2-4 two and uh, two and four right now because that means that, hey – they don't have to sit here and be like, hey, you know, we're actually still kind of in the playoff picture. We're kind of in the hunt. Let's make some moves to get ourselves a little bit, a little bit better because they're, they're just not good. There's too much – there's too many talent gaps on this team for this to – for me to want to be excited about them potentially doing well. Uh, I don't want to tank. Uh, my feeling of the team all year has been – you know, to start the season, I was like, okay, you know, I'm fine with, I'm fine with losing. Let's just, let's just look good. But I didn't expect the Bears to come out and, first of all, win Week One, which you can say what you want about the, you know, the tsunami they were playing in. That's fine. But then three weeks into the season, they have a winning record. I certainly didn't expect that. It's, it's a difficult, difficult thing to sit here and say, man, you know, not want to get invested and then then play these close games you end up getting invested. You have to. There's If you're a fan of the sport and a fan of your team, it's going to happen. But as far as this game goes, I'm picking the Bears. I will not be upset if they lose, though. Look, I'm taking kind of the same logic you did with the picking the Dolphins as to why I'm picking the Patriots here. I think they are a more well-rounded team. Uh, I think they're, they're going to out-coach the Bears. Uh, more importantly, this is at Gillette, too. So that's a lot of negatives working against the Bears here. Um, look, I think the Bears are on the right track long term. This just isn't their season. Uh, so I'm I'm going to ride with the, the Patriots here. I think to me, that's that's the safe pick. That's what I'm uh, that's what I'm going to ride with. Um, yeah, man, I just I can't bring myself to pick the Bears on this one. <laughs> 
And if I wasn't a Bears fan, I wouldn't pick the Bears either, honestly. Yeah, that's fair. All right, let's let's kick it on. For our audio listeners that can't see the graphic here, Doug is also going with the Patriots. If um, we didn't mention earlier, he's picking the Steelers. Yeah, I think I don't Sunday remember that matchup. Not, so, moving right along though to the games that we picked for this week, I'll start it off here. I've got Falcons and Bengals because when I look at these two teams, they're both three and three. And the Falcons, uh, I'm not sure how either team is three and three for completely opposite reasons, right? The yeah. Bengals have underperformed. The Falcons have overperformed. And really, the Falcons should be four and two. They got fucked in Tampa Bay. Um, so I, I'm conflicted on picking here. If you're looking at the graphic, you can see that I picked the Bengals. And I'm, I'm not going to change it. I'm going to stick with it. They are a six-and-a-half-point favorite. But I even think that line is a little bit high. Um this is, I think this is really honestly going to be a good, interesting game. But, yeah, Bengals at home, they're finding themselves, they're getting in a groove a little bit here. I, I think it's going to be a really good game. I think it's going to be a fantastic game. My reason for picking the Bengals comes down to secondary versus Jamar Chase, especially since he and Joe Burrow have seemed to find their stride. I don't know that the, the Falcons can slow them down. I don't know... Uh, anything else uh doug is in fact riding with the falcons that being said i have also heard that they are rumored to be linked to the cam Akers, uh running back out of los angeles uh he is rumored to be uh atlanta is at least rumored to be interested so we'll see how that goes that would be a much needed boost to this offense absolutely that'd be awesome i and if they don't take him I'd be cool with them taking David Montgomery, but that's that's the discussion we're going to have here in a minute. <laughs> uh, Doug is taking his NFL team here, uh, the Tennessee Titans hosting the Indianapolis Colts. Somehow the Colts are 3-2-1, and one, and the Titans don't have the tie. They're 3-2. They're a three-point favorite at home. Derrick Henry's back. Um, I think that's really underselling uh, what the Titans are going to do this week. And, is Tennessee uh, coming off the bye, too? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah the the Vegas has given Indy, Indy a lot of credit that I don't think they deserve. So, I I like the Titans here. Uh, again, they're starting to figure it out, especially coming off the bye uh, at home. To me, this is a Titans game. Yeah, hopefully it wouldn't just meme ourselves, but if we did, uh, that would okay. be par for the course this year. Yeah, be about right. Next up, Tug, it's your game. Look, guys, I'm sorry. I didn't think about this. I'm actually mad at myself for picking this game, but it is interesting. Uh, why am I mad at myself for picking this game? Well, I'm forcing the Broncos down your throat again, and that just has not been fun to watch all the time. Uh, at all this year. And, uh, hey, before I keep going, I want to say – is uh, I'm just going to call you J-Man. Uh, hey, man, J-Rom. we see you picking the Falcons, Titans, and Jets. I, I understand those picks. I'm riding with the Broncos here because they started to look a little better offensively last week. I think they're finally going to hit their stride here coming up. They have to. Uh, if not, man, I I think it's about time that we uh, we start talking about how hot Nathaniel's Hackett seat Nathaniel Hackett's seat really is. 
Yeah, I'm gonna fix this slide real quick because I don't know why I got uh, given the Broncos here. I definitely picked the Colts and uh, or not you the mean Colts. The, Jesus, the, the Jets. Jets, the New York Fall J E T S Jets, just Jets, baby. Yeah, I I don't I don't see how the Broncos are gonna do. It. I think they are starting to find their stride. I will give them that. Um, but the Jets have been a better team this season. So I'm oh, riding I with agree. the Jets, and that's fair. Yeah, you're not you're not talking me out of it this time, Doug. I see what you're trying to do, Jarrell. Thank you for your uh, for your picks as well. Anybody who wants to put their picks in, let us know. Uh, I, probably a good time. Maybe we can maybe we can make something like that for the Discord. Have a little little pick'em going on. Obviously, this year we're already into the season. Have to figure out a good starting point of how we want to do that, or maybe we just have general conversations and figure out a uh, a real pick'em next year uh, yeah 100 percent. i'm all down for it uh getting into our fantasy picks this week all right starting with my sits um look michael gallup just ain't it this year there's questions at uh at dallas for the quarterback room is that going to be back this week is he not man i just have not been impressed with that wide receiver room the workhorse community backfield that's been going for them has seemed to work a lot better I'm sitting Michael Gallup this week, and if you don't believe me, you can check my rosters. I'm sitting him, sitting him here. Uh, number two, yes, Kentucky Colonel. I am starting Tyree Kill, and yes, it sounds like an easy pick because he's the number two wide receiver. No, the real reason I'm picking him is the dude has been feasting all year. The difference this week is two is coming back. I'm projecting him not only to get, keep getting the same targets in yards that he has been getting. I'm expecting a touchdown this week against the Steelers. Uh, I'm all starting Tyreek Hill. You're looking at, I would say, minimum, probably a 24-point week. Maximum, you can see upwards of 40 with this. Uh, he's already done it once this year. Maybe he can do it again. Absolutely. And Kentucky Colonel, thank you for the gifted sub there. Appreciate you, brother. Yeah, I I agree with this. I like it. Uh, the quarterback question in Dallas has me – confused and concerned about what Michael Gallup will produce anyway. So yeah, I, I agree with everything you said about Tyreek Hill here, but I've, I've said it a few times that I was going to be talking about David Montgomery and here's why. Uh, Matt Eberflus came out earlier this week and said, they're going to ride the hot hand at running back being Khalil Herbert and that David Montgomery is going to see a, a diminished role. This is something that's been talked about a lot in the off season and this season, even I have, denied and passed up taking David Montgomery a few different times in trades because of this. Um, and I think it's it's getting to be that time where Cinnamon Fantasy, the Bears might even be looking to diminish his role a little bit so that he's healthy uh, and available for trades because he's looked fantastic. Uh, Cole Herbert has outperformed him. There's a lot of discussion that Herbert's only outperforming him because he does have a bit of a different running style from Montgomery, kind of that uh, that backup quarterback magic, if you will, that we've talked about on the show a few times before. Uh, same same thing being applied to running styles and the run game here. Uh, do I buy it? <sighs> Maybe. I think. I don't know. I. I know the one game Khalil Herbert started, it wasn't that great, but that there's other explanations for that as well. So suffice to say, I won't, I'm going to sit David Montgomery, and for the exact same reason, 
The Broncos are saying they're going to start and give Melvin Gordon the ball a little bit more this week. So I'm going to go ride Melvin Gordon here as my start. He did not have a good week last week. Only got three touches. He's had some big fumbles at crucial times for the Broncos this year. He's been part of the reason that they've been struggling. But that being said, if you expect him to have an increased role in the offense, it's a great time to get him out there and get him on your lineup. He was fantastic for the Chargers and then kind of started to see a diminished role as Austin Eckler took off. I believe Melvin Gordon can get back up into prominence here and be viable for your fantasy team this week. Man, I, I kind of hope you're right now because Melvin Gordon is on my team uh, more so because of the Broncos to win this as I'm riding with them alone. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lo- it's lonely. How bad did I cut out there? Uh, it was uh you know, it was No, not at all. It was a little roboty, a little robotic. Wasn't wasn't fantastic, but it's right, it's okay. Right, fair enough. It's okay. Uh and just so everybody knows, we're 14 and 10 as far as hitting it versus missing it this year, so Take our advice with a grain of salt if you want. These are just things that we've kind of seen and noticed and want to roll with. So that's where we're at right now. But now it's time to talk about college football. And again, I'll take the horn on it here since you know we're we're missing we're missing Doug. Um, I'm just glad there's not a D two ranked matchup this week that I have to find something to talk about with it. Instead, we got something awesome going on here. Miami of Ohio. They are having cancer awareness helmets this week. As you can see, everybody's helmet is a little bit different. Uh, they allowed each player to pick the ribbon on their helmet. So 34 chose pink for breast cancer. 12 chose blue for colon slash esophageal cancer. 10 chose yellow and gray, as you can see uh, in the bottom right there, for childhood brain cancer. 10 chose orange for kidney cancer slash leukemia. Nine chose yellow for bladder or bone cancer. Purple went to eight players for bladder, pancreatic, and testicular cancer awareness. Seven chose white for lung cancer. Six chose black for melanoma. Three chose red for blood and head and neck cancer. Two chose green for non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, gallbladder, and liver cancer. And one player chose gray for brain cancer. Uh, this is absolutely awesome. I myself have two cancer ribbons tattooed on my arm. Um, so this is awesome to see that they're allowing players to show their support and raise awareness for these different diseases this way. Uh, what I'm even more excited about is that the NCAA didn't try and come in and put an end to this as they have uh, with helmet decals that are not official school logos in the past. Uh, So, yeah, I love everything about this, and hats off to Miami of Ohio. No, this is absolutely fantastic. There's nothing more to add. Uh, I have nothing negative to say about any of this. I love the intent. So let's, uh, let's push on. Do we have any more uniforms? We do have one more. Once again, TCU is dropping a pretty nice uniform here this is their blackout uniform there's a little bit of a uh, a different take than most blackout uniforms i would say uh 
uh, with as much purple as there is on this thing, but it's very clean. I love this thing. And I love even more that Taysom Hill gets another rushing touchdown uh, for the Saints. They're up 13 to six. Pending the I knew that here. was coming. Uh, this is awesome. This is the best, the best thing ever. He is, he's a flex player. He's not a tight end. I love it. It's so awesome. But yeah, that's all, all oh, we got is... on the, say what? I can say, I love these uniforms all the way through. You're right. It's a little bit different. Uh, our friend Kentucky Colonel is out there keeping us in the know again. Uh, not only is it a blackout for the players, it's a blackout for the fans. They will be wearing all black as well. I love it. I, like, I love I love all of it. Oh, please be a receiving touchdown. It looks like it was a receiving touchdown. Even better. I didn't have my eyes on the screen. Oh, buddy. This is fantastic. <laughs> I'm so happy right now. Cool. So moving right along, we do have a little bit of college news to get to. Georgia Tech has a new athletic director, Jay Batt, B-A-T-T. He literally just goes by the letter J. Uh, and he was previously the executive deputy director of athletics, chief operating officer, and chief revenue officer at Alabama. He's also held roles in athletic departments at ECU, Maryland, James Madison, William & Mary, and his alma mater, North Carolina. This is uh, this seems like it's a big step for him here. And, you know, we talked about the saving coaching tree. Is there an Alabama athletic department tree uh, maybe that Georgia Tech was looking for here as well? Uh, dude, I'm, I'm hoping that's the case here. I think this could have it has all of the makings of being a home run uh, for Georgia Tech here. Uh get a guy in with that kind of experience that's going to be doing something good for you here moving forward. Uh, clearly he knows how to run and not run a full athletic department, but he gets the business side of it, which is what half of this is. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we mentioned he was previously at Alabama. Well, Alabama is in the news, not just for losing the game, but wide receiver Jermaine Burton. You might've seen that he's in some hot water. Uh, he's seen in hell in a cell phone video, apparently striking a Tennessee fan while they are, while he is trying to get off the field at Neyland stadium, Nick Saban's been pretty coy about this set, but yeah, the video shows his hand in the face of a woman, uh, whether or not he hit her or, you know, did the old hockey, uh, face wash where he's just trying to instigate something here remains to be seen. Uh, but as far as all that goes, uh, we'll see kind of what happens here and what disciplines pass down. I, I got to imagine the SEC or the NCAA will be uh, passing down punishment here soon because there's no way they're not reviewing it at this point. This is this is a pretty big story going on right now. And we have lost Tug for a little bit. He had some internet issues coming into this, so I'm going to just continue on. Uh, and when he uh, gets his side sorted out, he'll – come and join us back here uh, if he's able to. For right now, though, we're going to hop into our ranked FBS matchups this week. Starting off in the ACC, we have Syracuse heading to Death Valley to take on number five Clemson. That's number 14 Syracuse, by the way. And everybody's riding with Clemson. Now, I will throw out here, if this game was taking place in Syracuse, I don't know if I would go with Syracuse, but I definitely would have to take a much longer time to think about it. 
Uh, Syracuse is tough to play at home, and Clemson always struggles when they go to Syracuse. Even if Syracuse is a bottom dweller that year, Clemson always struggles in Syracuse. So, uh, yeah, no, I'm riding with the Tigers. I was going to say in Cuse, I would have taken Cuse. Yeah, I, I think that's everybody's feelings here. And, uh, yeah, Doug is saying the same thing as well. And do we have do we have something cool here? Yeah, we do. Collector Nerd Talk, thank you for the 10 biddies. We appreciate it. Thank you for supporting the show. Hope to see you around, man. Hope to see you around more. Uh, continuing on, though, to our second ranked matchup with number nine, UCLA, heading to Eugene, Oregon, to take on the Ducks at number 10. I'm going to go ahead and assume Doug is taking the Ducks because they are the home team, and I think that's entirely valid because this is a very close matchup here. Uh, I'm not going with UCLA because they are the higher-ranked team. As a matter of fact, uh, Oregon is the favorite. So I'm going with UCLA because they've done a lot this year to show that they are improving as a team uh, and improving as a program there. They're taking a lot of strides in the correct direction here. It's going to be a big Pac-10 matchup here, Pac-12 matchup, sorry. And, uh, you know, Oregon's going to want this. <laughs> it's about to be the Pac-10 again. Oregon's going to want this with I UCLA on the way you're prepping out. everyone. I know, right? Uh, UCLA has been hot, though. So it's it's tough for me to want to come off there and take Oregon. So we got Collector Nerd Talk, Josh, I, as he's telling us here. Uh, he's taking Oregon as well. Look, man, I, I'm with you. I'm taking UCLA. I'm going to ride the hot hand. I've done this the entire year to the point where it bites me. Uh, this has all of the make- makings of being the week that it bites me. Uh, but also, I think UCLA's pl- UCLA has played more like a top ten team that Oregon has. So I'm a ride with the uh, with a team that looks better. More importantly, I like uh, Dorian Thompson uh, Robinson more than I like Bo Nix. Guys, chalk it up. I remembered a name. You remembered multiple names. It's amazing. Moving on well, it's to all a game. One name. The game in Stillwater, number eleven Oklahoma State will be hosting number twenty. University of Texas Longhorns, some Big 12 action here. I wonder how many points are going to be scored. Look, Texas has looked amazing since Quinn Ewers has come back, and they were starting to look pretty good without him as well. I don't know that Oklahoma State is going to be able to stop them, even at home. You know, everybody waits for Oklahoma State to have that game that they trip up on, uh, even Oklahoma State fans. So Texas in this one, I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, no, I'm. I, I like this matchup a lot too. Uh, this is actually be a fun matchup to watch. I am riding with Oklahoma State. I know their defense looked like garbage last week um, against TCU. I think they're going to correct path here. I know they looked more of what Doug was predicting this year, but I'm taking Oklahoma State. Uh, yeah, they're going to I'm with Kentucky currently. They're going to come out swinging. They're going to, they're going to try and put it away early. It's not going to happen. It's going to be another dog fight, but I'm going to ride with Oklahoma state here. And I had considered that too. If they, if they had won against TCU last week, this would absolutely be a game where I would expect all of us to take Texas 100%. 
I feel like they got more exposed than anything. They are going to have the advantage playing at home, but I think Texas is really coming to their own. Uh, will Texas be in the Big 12 next year? Nobody's exactly sure just yet. But, um, man, I don't I don't think they're going to want to go out with a whimper here. And this is this is a big game for the Longhorns. I'm taking I'm sticking with them. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Moving on. We've got the meme page here. Uh, A big matchup. in Oh, Jesus. Number six, Alabama tries to rebound against number 24, Mississippi State. And, uh, you know, moving over to the Big 12 as well. We're all taking number eight TCU at home against number 17, Kansas State. I'm going to start here because this one has more of a likelihood to be an upset that makes us look like fools. Uh, But I will say TCU is rolling. They're extremely hot. They're at home. And the Clovis Wildcats, I mean, Kansas State Wildcats, Oh, no. Uh, they, they're so underwhelming every year. Like, I know they're number 17, but I have opinions on that as well. Um, man, I, I, I'm comfortable with all of us taking TCU, honestly. Yeah, no, I'm, I, I'm comfortable taking TCU, too. I don't see how, how they slow down. Um, again, I will ride the hot hand for as long as I can until I get proven I can't ride the hot hand. Well, TCU took that right away from uh, both Kansas and Oklahoma State for me. They've gotten them wrong twice in a row, so I'm not going to doubt them this week. Um, Which has all the makings of them fucking absolutely upset yeah the last time i did this byu upset me so yeah uh we got a collector nerd talk once again in the chat saying he's taking mississippi state just because he wants to see alabama lose twice in a row uh and he's got tcu at home that that's not gonna happen yeah mississippi state does not deserve to be number 24 this is sec bias to the extreme and really kansas state being 17 is uh power five bias to the extreme i'm gonna talk about that a little bit more in my game of the week here momentarily uh mississippi state doesn't deserve to be number 24 they've they've played well at times but when they're bad they're bad and they're getting a pass that a lot of other teams aren't able to get yeah i i would like to share that dream with you and if that dream becomes reality i will laugh for a while about alabama losing two in a row with the second one being at home to a Mississippi state team that is way, way overranked here. Okay. Have, have we have now that we're talking about Bama, have you guys seen the absolutely absurd quote from Paul Feinbaum? No, he's thinking Nick Saban's going to want to hang up his, uh, his clipboard here soon and that he's getting out of touch uh, with Alabama and college football, and he's not happy with the pro- the state the program's in, as if that's not Nick Saban's ability to control. Um, yeah, Paul Feinbaum. You want to hear something cool, headlines, buddy? You want to hear something cool that isn't a Paul Feinbaum take? I just realized that these blackout helmets for uh, for Arizona, they've got like some red glitter in them. That's it's it's a really nice touch. I'm not gonna lie to you. It's, Ooh, it's, it's like, a much nicer like a, touch a than that Paul Feinbaum take. Yeah. yeah. Oh, 100%. Nice. All right, yeah. hey, let's get to some Paul. FCS matchups. I heard there's some good ones this week. Yeah, there's always good matchups in the FCS. Here's here's the other thing. Like, all of these are going to be close games, right? If you're, if you're watching 
live with us on Twitch or checking us out later on YouTube, you can see all these matchups here. I'm looking forward to all of them. Weber State versus Montana State is number one on our list here. Let me make sure I got my uh, logos correct. And I think once again, Doug did not correct everything here. Uh, I'm taking Weber State. 2v1 on the screen. I'm so confused. Uh, I'm taking Weber anyway. State here. And um, uh, I'm riding alone with the uh, with Montana State. I like that. Yeah. You're, you're on your own with the Bobcats here. I think they're both Bobcats, actually. I'm not 100% sure here. Uh, yeah, I, I went with Weber State last year, last week. They didn't let me down. I'm gonna ride with them this week as well. No, I'm, I'm gonna ride with Montana State. They they just seem past two years they've been on a tear. I can see that continuing. Uh, there's just something going on with football in the state of Montana that I that I like right now. Well, funny you mentioned that because Montana number seven will be going to number three Sacramento State in our second ranked FCS matchup this week, and I got to go with the Grizz if only because I'm still blown away by what they did last season. This team is continuing success into this year, and while Sacramento State is the higher seed and at home, I have faith that the Grizzlies will get something done here. That that's where I'm at. Again, I I like Montana in this matchup. I'm gonna ride with uh with the Grizz. Uh, I know Doug is sitting there on our screen going with Sacramento State. He's taking the 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 favorite here, uh, but I am gonna ride with the Grizz. And last but not least. We have Mercer heading down to the University of Tennessee at Chattanooga. If you only watch Mercer play when they're playing Auburn or Alabama or insert SEC team that wants an easy win, you'd think that they were absolutely god-awful. But they've been rolling right on through their opponents in the FPS ranks. Their closest FBS game has been against Eastern Tennessee State, where they won 55-33 to last week. So why am I taking Chattanooga? Pretty simple. Chattanooga, been doing pretty much the same thing. Their sole loss coming to Illinois, where they were shut out. And, man, I could, I could talk some Illinois football for a little bit today, too. I'm not going to, but I could. Uh, and they've only had a couple of close matchups. They've had a couple more close matchups. Eastern Illinois, 38-20. to 20, And once again, East Tennessee State, 24-16. to 16, Another Tennessee school to keep an eye on here. Uh, but Chattanooga, this is a talented football program. They've, the chips, man, I've, I'm going to ride with them. I think it's going to be a fantastic game. I would not be at all surprised for Mercer to come out and win. As you can see here, Doug is taking them. And uh, yeah, I I want to believe in them, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go go with the Tennessee team here. Yeah, I'm going with Chattanooga myself. Uh, I mean, come on, they had a first round draft pick last year uh, in Cole Strange. Uh, so not that that applies to this year. Just a little fun fact because I actually remember what school he went to. Um, but no, I'm I'm definitely gonna take uh, Chattanooga here. I really have no good reason for it. I just. Not quite sure this can go either way. I'm going to take a page out of y'all's book and go with the home team. Oh, man. Yeah, there is a – before we get to our games to pick here, there's been a lot going on 
in the uh, Thursday night game. The Saints, I think, got fucked on a uh, pass interference call. A ball was tipped at the line of scrimmage. DeAndre Hopkins was tackled before the ball got to him, obviously. Uh, And they allowed the Cardinals to reattempt the two-point conversion. And Eno Benjamin definitely started fumbling that ball before he got it across the plane. Uh, Man, at least from that one look. And yeah, Kyler Murray was up in the uh, coach's face before they scored this touchdown. Uh, he threw it to DeAndre Hopkins, who ironically was calming him down on the sideline. A lot of turmoil here, but we have a 14 to 14 tie game out in Arizona. I like it. I like it. So I said that Mississippi state didn't deserve to be ranked. I even danced around saying that Kansas state doesn't deserve to be ranked. It's because UCF absolutely deserves to be ranked and ECU is a bad loss to Navy away from being ranked as well, in my opinion. This should be a ranked matchup in the American Athletic Conference. There's a lot of SEC bias. There's a lot of Power 5 bias going on as well. UCF has been destroying everybody that they've played in conference. ECU has looked very, very good. A lot of people... And by people, I mean a lot of Memphis fans don't want to give them their due because of that loss to Navy. And I truly do think that's why ECU is nowhere near the ranked conversation. But UCF absolutely deserves to be ranked. I expect this to be a fantastic game for the American Athletic Conference because the other thing you got to look at is that week one, ECU took North Carolina State to the brink, right? They almost pulled that game out. The only issue is North Carolina State just has a better roster. They're a better team. They were able to pull it out. It is a tough place to play at home or to play on the road, I guess. However, UCF's sole loss is to Louisville. That's probably the only reason they're not ranked. But you look at how they've handled everybody else that they've played, I'm sorry. They should absolutely be in the top 25. I want to ride with ECU at home here, but the way UCF has been playing uh, the past four, since that loss to Louisville, I I don't, I don't see it happening. They've absolutely ripped through their first two conference opponents. And I expect that to continue this week. Absolutely, man. I'm with you on this. Uh, Looks like Doug's with us as well. UCF has just been absolutely insane. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna ride with them as well. Next up, we have Doug's game here, and he is taking Southern Miss at Texas State. Southern Miss is a two point favorite. He said, "I haven't been able to figure out either team this year at all. I think Frank Gore Jr. is good, but some games he doesn't show up. I think Texas State is on the right track, but they seem to play to the level of their competition in that." He expects a close game. Uh, They did review the call in the Saints-Cardinals game, by the way, and it stands. Uh, As far as picks go, I'm riding with Southern Miss. Doug's riding with Texas State. And, John, you're riding with Southern Miss as well. I want to throw out here, too, though, I agree that Texas State is on the right track. Unfortunately, they've been on the right track for – two, three, four years. This is a 
endemic problem for them of playing to their competition and not doing what they need to do to win football games. No, I agree. And that's a lot of the reason I'm riding with uh, Southern Miss on this. That being said, uh, Doug even said it. Sometimes Frank Gore is there. Sometimes he's not. Uh, he's He can be inconsistent. I think this is one of the games that he shows up. I do think it's going to be a close game, but I'm going to ride with the uh, with, with Southern Miss on this one. Absolutely. And I also missed the... Uh, and I swear Collector to God. Subbed for us here. So thank you, Collector Nerd Talk, as well. I saw the biddies miss the sub. Appreciate you, man. What an absolute legend. Tug, I know I cut you off. I couldn't tell if you're starting to have internet issues. I think you're getting intense about your game of the week here. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say, if you guys memed Air Force on this, I will never forgive you. Um, No, this is the game I've had circled on my radar. We mentioned it in the uh, Mountain West preview show. I've had this game circled on my radar since it came out on the schedule. This is a good how you do in test for air force. Can they piece it together against Boise state? I know Boise state has not had that great of a season. This is still going to be a tough matchup. Um, I'm taking air force on this one. I think at home, Boise state never plays well in Falcon stadium. Historically, uh, they do tend to struggle there. Air force does play exceedingly well at home. Typically, um, both of their losses this year have come on the road in the mountain West. This is a home mountain West game. Man, this is Air Force's game to lose, and I need to see something out of them. Um, is UTEP UTEP's in the Mountain West, right? No, not. Nope. Cool. So Boise State is undefeated in conference play, but they have a bad loss to UTEP, and their other loss is to Oregon State to start the season. Uh, to say they're not where they want to be is probably true to say they're not on track. I don't know that I buy that one as much either. Uh, they have been dominant in conference play, but again, going to Falcon Stadium, it's something different. It's a little little difficult there. And yeah, I think Air Force, you touch CUSA. That's right. I knew that. Uh, going to Air Force, having to go somewhere where they're going to just control the ball like that. Uh yeah, it's, it's tough to pick against the home team in this one. If this was flipped and this was at Boise, I would absolutely pick Boise. Kentucky Colonel, I could not agree with you more, saying it down there in the chat for us. I, 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 I myself would be tempted with the way we've played this year to pick Boise in that, in that situation. Yeah, I mean, it's just – it's tough. I, Air Force being a three-point favorite does make me a little more nervous with this pick. Um, but I'm a ride with it. I'm willing, willing to let it, let it ride here. That does it for our games of the week. Uh, we will get to our draft prospects here momentarily, but man, it's going to be another fantastic week of college football. And I, for one, am excited to see what all happens, uh, this week. I don't know about you. Oh, no, I'm 100% excited for it this week. Um, football is always fun. For the first time in a few weeks, I'll actually get to sit down on Saturday and watch it. I'm not refing this weekend, so I'm definitely excited to finally have a Saturday to relax for a bit. Absolutely. But Doug got in here, gave us his draft prospects to watch, and wouldn't you know it, 
one of the games that we talked about has a player that Doug wants to keep an eye on, and that is number four. He's wearing number 13 in this picture, but he is number four for the East Carolina Pirates. Uh, he's a transfer tight end, Ryan Jones, transfer from Oklahoma. This is his seventh, sixth year in college. Uh, Red shirt in 2017. In uh, 2018, I guess he changed positions as well. I'm sure Doug has notes. Why am I trying to just read yes, off of his stats I, here? He absolutely did switch positions. Yes, you are not crazy. So he is a grad student now at ECU. He was recruited to play defensive back and did play defensive back at Oklahoma. That's why you're seeing the 19 tackles, two and a half TFLs in 2018, and then nine tackles and one INT in 2019. Uh, but then he transferred to ECU and immediately switched to tight end. Now, this was before the transfer portal and all of that fun stuff. So he did have to sit out the 2020 season, uh, which kind of worked out because of the COVID-shortened season anyway. Since then, last year, he was 37 receptions for 442 yards, no rushing attempts or yardage, and five total touchdowns. So far this season, 29 receptions, 304 yards, two rushes for a, a one singular yard with four total touchdowns. I did not see anything big out of him last year or last week against Memphis, but I would not be surprised to have see him have an increased role this week, right? We see this a lot in the NFL where a tight end might have a big game and then not be in the game plan as much next week because teams game plan to him. Conversely, they're really quiet, extraordinarily quiet one week, and then explode the next week. I could very well see something like this happening. UCF is known for producing defensive back talent at this point. He's going to have those linebacker matchups, and being a former defensive back, got to have a little bit more speed than the guys that are going to be trying to cover him. I like this pick a lot, Doug. This is this is fantastic. I like why Doug's watching him too, because this is – we, we already highlighted it. He switches positions halfway through his college career. He's talented. He's athletic, but it's raw, right? He still needs to be refined. His, his route running's not there yet, but he finds a way to be productive, which is what it comes down to, which means I can teach you to run routes. I can't teach you to make plays, right? That's a big difference there. So I love what we're looking for here. I love what we're trying to find. Hey, can he be what we need him to be at the next level? Is he draftable is the question on the table this week. Absolutely. Next up from another game that we're watching this week, number zero, J.L. Skinner, the safety out of Boise State. He's a senior, four-year traditional college athlete here. Let me pull this graphic off real quick, see if I can't fix this slide so it's a little more readable here. And, uh, you know, then we'll get we'll get back into talking about J.C. Skinner here. How, how does it feel knowing that he picked somebody that is – you know, you're deaf. You might hear his name called a lot out this week. I I'm fully expecting it. I mean, this guy is absolutely massive for a safety. He's standing at six, four, two twenty. Uh, he's definitely that hard hitting, strong safety hybrid linebacker type. Uh, some might say a la cam chancellor. Uh, so I'm expecting to see a lot of him in the backfield and I'd argue against the triple option. He needs to have a good game. If Boise state has any hope uh, because that's where, that's where you make your plays. Uh, you stay home, keep on your man, keep to your assignment and make plays. And a lot of those do end up 
in that hybrid safety linebacker position as they're coming up close to the line. Yeah, uh, that's the other thing. He's fast. It's going to be hard if you end up with him at the you know the second, third level, however you want to define it. It's going to be hard to get past him. 11-3, 100-meter dash, and a three-time letter athlete in track and basketball. This guy is talented. His junior season stats are eye-popping. Hasn't been able to keep up the pace, but almost nobody leaves their team in tackles two years in a row. And as you can see on the graphic here, or I'll read it off for you, in 2021, 92 total tackles with 66 solos. He also forced two fumbles and had two INTs. Pair that up with what he did in 2019 as a freshman, 14 14 total, 7 solo, 2020, 37 total, 24 solo with an INT in this season, 37 total, 18 solo with one INT. This is There's a reason he's already on the Senior Bowl's radar, the watch list for the Nagurski and Thorpe Awards. Against Air Force, expect him to get plenty of opportunities for tackles and show how much a thumper he can be in run support. Everything we've pretty much already covered. Yeah, I I don't know if he just went with players and games we're already watching. If he did, that's a fantastic strategy, and I love you. And maybe he just did it to antagonize you going with a Boise State player. It's okay. I've gotten over some of those picks like that. Uh, I, I'm starting to uh, grow out of the anger just a little bit. <laughs> it happens. It happens. It is what it is. So, oh my God, Andy Dalton has thrown his third interception. Put Taysom Hill in it. I love it. Put Taysom Hill in it, quarterback. That's two consecutive pick sixes here, too. Okay, hold on. Hold on. You would absolutely be ecstatic if they put him in at quarterback because I'm sure you have him in your tight end spot. I'm all for this. I do. I absolutely do. I, this is, this is three INTs back-to-back pick sixes we've had a 21 point swing in favor of the cardinals right now sorry 20 they haven't kicked the field goal yet but i'm gonna i'm gonna give it to them here uh i love this this. i love this this is amazing this is absolutely amazing oh goodness so Ah. that does it for our show this week thank you to everybody that came subbed hung out gave us some bits joined in on the chat i was gonna say before my internet crashes yeah yeah before before the internet crashes out completely we'll keep it short and uh follow up here j rob also followed if you're still with us thank you for the follow collector nerd talk also thank you for the follow and the sub we already hit that been quite a night kentucky colonel has a joke for us we'll we'll let him we'll let him go off first Oh my God! It's oh God! I don't know if this second. is gonna be. I don't know if this is gonna be okay. A second. Oh no! Second two point conversion. What do you call a Jewish piano? A cash register. Hey, I was in a Jewish fraternity. I approve. I'll, I'll allow it. <laughs> uh, but Tug. Hey man, can you grab the links? Because my internet. No, I need you to grab the links, my man. That's fine. That's fine. I got a joke as well, though. Because that's my bit. You can't steal it from me, Kentucky Colonel. An invisible man marries an invisible woman. The kids are nothing to look at either. Oh, my God. (laughs) 
Oh, man. So, our links, they've been scrolling across the bottom here, but I will read them out to you. Patreon.com backslash BDT football if you want more ways to support the show and get full access to our BDT trench ratings for college football. We talked about them a little bit uh, in the show on Monday. Don't really cover it that much on Thursday. We'll we'll find some ways to incorporate them into the Thursday shows, though. Don't you worry. Next up, you want to follow us on Twitter, head over to twitter.com backslash BDT football or just search at BDT football on Twitter. Facebook is facebook.com backslash BDT football. Uh, you can go check out our page there. We're going to have to refigure how to use Facebook uh, and Instagram for that matter because we can't keep executing it the same way we have been leading up until now with uh, with live streams here. But Instagram is instagram.com backslash BDT underscore football. We also have a website, bdtfootball.com. If you want to send us an email, it's mailbox at bdtfootball.com. And if you weren't with us live here tonight, twitch.tv backslash big dudes in the trenches, all one word. We also have a discord where we're going to be doing some exciting things, including our Mount Rushmore drafts. I'm not going to read this link off. It's all disgusting like discord links always are. Tug will have that in the description for the audio and i believe he'll probably put it in the description on youtube as well i have been there we go so thank you everybody for joining uh joining us here today tug are you confident enough in your internet to sign us off here i am i am all right ladies and gentlemen thank you for watching or for listening thank you for all the subscriptions tonight we appreciate you guys and just remember you can't win a game if you can't win the tennis.